Welcome, everybody, to the Moose Room. Uh, no Dr. Joe today. It's just me and Bradley, the dynamic duo. What's up, Bradley? Oh, just uh, trying to prepare for calving. You know, we start oh. calving in a couple weeks. Uh, we're mid-March and just trying to pull our hair out because I asked Kirsten, my scientist technician today, if we were ready, and she said, no, we're not ready to calve. Oh, well, uh <laughs> Luckily, you maybe still have a few days. So, so we, just quickly, how how long is your calving period? Because I know you do seasonal um, calving. Mid-March to the end of May. And we have 137 cows and heifers due. Wow, in two okay. Months. Anybody in the Morris area that wants <laughs> to go help Bradley with all of his calvings, be sure to do that. <laughs> we have a lot of snow here yet. Yeah. And other portions of the upper Midwest do not. Even southern Minnesota doesn't have much snow. We still have snow on the ground and everything is frozen. So it has not been fun. We just need warm weather and things will warm up so we can actually clean all the mess up from last calving season. Right. Yes. Well, we'll be thinking of you. Today, I want to talk a little more about another area or, or kind of specialty that, that you've been diving into the past few years here. Something that we've heard about, you know, both in, in scientific journals and the popular press, and that is A2 milk. And I feel like Bradley, you've kind of become the de facto A2 milk expert uh, at the university. <laughs> Let's start just very, very simple. What is A2 milk? Give me just like the short kind of quick answer. A2 is a protein in milk that is easily selected for, and it claims to improve health, maybe lower the risk for disease. Studies maybe, maybe not have proven that, but there's a lot of interest in A2 milk because it, it has to deal with digestibility and digesting milk protein is the big one. We shouldn't get it confused with lactose. This isn't, this isn't mm -hmm. lactose deficiency. This is a different milk protein that people can select for. We can maybe dive into this a little bit more in a little bit here, but if I'm correct that yes, there are people, consumers that are lactose intolerant, but there can also be people who have an intolerance to the specific milk protein to beta casein, specifically the A1 form. You know, what's the difference between A1 and A2 and, and what is the genetics behind that for cows? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. In the, in the protein in milk, it's either A1 or A2. So it's pretty easy to distinguish that. And you can do testing of milk. You can test animals, uh, determine if they're A1 or A2. And like I said, it's really easy to determine in cows, in milk. And you can figure out to select for that if you're a farmer or if you're a consumer of dairy products. People have been starting to put A2 labels on milk. So you know that the milk only contains the A2 protein instead of the A1. A long time ago, Emily, we went to this dairy in South Dakota that was marketing A2. Actually, it was not South Dakota. They had 
South Dakota and Iowa, I guess, that were marketing A2 milk in their herd in ice cream and other products. So it's it's been around for a long time. There are some bigger companies in the U.S. that are marketing A2 milk from specific farms in the U.S. But there's also been a lot of local interest in local farms. You know, there's some farms here in Minnesota that are marketing their milk as A2 and are selling a lot of product to people because people, you know, if they're, they're maybe have developed a, a, some digestive issues with just a one protein and they can mm-hmm. digest the a two protein a little bit better. So there's, there's a lot of things that we probably don't even know about a two milk yet and how it affects humans. Yeah. Well, and I would say just from the consumer side and, and I'm a former dairy princess and that's, That's a title that you never really move on from. So I'm always encouraging the people in my life to drink cow's milk. And, you know, of course, everybody has their reasons or excuses and and digestive upset is very much a common one. And I think that this is just a nice technology, a nice thing to use to make cow's milk available to more people. I think that a lot of people actually um, have the sensitivity to A1 milk but think it's lactose intolerance. Right. Um, and, and that's just anecdotal. I'm, I'm not a dietitian, so don't right. you know, and take that for gospel. But I think that that's a really important piece of it, you know, on the consumer side is that it just provides another option for consumers who are looking for, you know, milk and, and a good inexpensive source of protein. And that has always been milk. Food dollar per grams of protein calculates out really, really nice on milk. And I do imagine though that A2 milk, is it sold at some sort of a premium, kind of like grass-fed or organic milk would be? It is. There is a little bit of a premium on A2 milk. You know, it's not as high as maybe organic or grass-fed or uh, others, but it is a little more expensive than conventional milk in the stores. So it does make it actually quite attractive for people if they don't you know, aren't interested in paying a lot for grass fed or organic or whatever it might be to actually try A2 milk. You know, I don't think you or I are going to argue if people want to drink more milk. And if we give them different options, then that's better. It's better to have somebody drinking milk than not drinking milk. Yes, absolutely. So I'm, I'm somebody that I'm like, let's, we can make milk in every variety under the sun. As long as people are drinking cow's milk, that's what's important. But enough kind of about the, the consumer side, you know, I'm sure that our many faithful listeners are wondering more about, okay, but what, what does it take to have an A2 herd or to get A2 cows? Um, because like you mentioned, there are, you know, some genes expressed for A1 milk. So just kind of briefly, do you want us want to run us through like on the genetic side, if you want to move towards being all A2 milk, how do you do that? What breeding decisions are you needing to make? What does culling look like in that? Give us the brief genetics lesson. <laughs> well, it's genetics, man. I could talk about that all day. But so we'll, <laughs> that's we'll, why we'll I said brief. <laughs> we'll make it brief. Um, there's a couple different things. One is breeds. If you think about most dairy breeds in the US, you know, obviously are Holstein. Holstein cattle have a higher percentage of A1 milk than A2. So Holsteins might not be as good as other breeds, and we'll we'll think about that in a, in a minute. But there are other breeds that have a higher percentage of A2 genetics, and that's, of course, 
the correct answer as usual. Jersey, Guernsey, Normandy, so the French dairy breed, and brown Swiss. A lot of the colored breeds, I guess, have a higher percentage of A2 uh, milk, and they kind of share the same ancestry. So we said Jersey, Guernsey, Normandy, those are more Channel Island breeds close together, so they probably share ancestry. So breeds number one. Uh, the other one is looking at bulls to use. So people are breeding animals in their herd. You can get a test. You can get the bull tested. If you have, say, a herd bull, you can get them tested. Or if you're using AI, uh, those A2 genetics will show up on the bull proof, whether they're A1, A1, whether they're A1, A2, or whether they're A2, A2. And you'll be able to select for that. And if you want to have more A2 genetics in your herd, you should be using the bulls that are A2, A2. Yes, I feel like we're kind of back just with our basic Punnett square. That exactly. If you want A2 calves, you need to breed an A2, A2 animal to an A2, A2 animal. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, you but, are. but in theory, you could get some A2 offspring if, or if there's A1 present, will they always be A1? If you have some A1, A2 animals in your herd and you breed them to A2, A2, not every time will you have A2, A2. Sometimes you will have, you know, an A1 pop up. It's just the way it is, unless you're going to start culling and testing to get sure. rid of all A2, A1 genetics in your herd. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Joe Armstrong. I couldn't stay out of this episode. Just want to make a clarifying point here. If you have an animal that's A2, A2, they will produce all A2 milk. If you have an animal that's A1, A1, they produce all A1 milk. If you have an animal that's A1, A2, there is no dominance in this case. So you'll have a cow that produces both A1 and A2 milk. That's why Brad and Emily are talking about the importance of A2, A2 genetics rather than talking about this as a dominant or a recessive trait, because it's neither. Hopefully that's helpful. Let's get back to it. And, and you know, you mentioned bulls, and I'm curious, I mean, is there a good availability of, of bulls from studs that are A2A2? Yeah, if you look at most bulls that are available from AI nowadays, most of them are A2A2. There's a few that are... A1, A2, and not very many A1 bulls left anymore. You know, I think, well, I looked up one time, 10% of the Holstein breed is A1, A1. So there's a few in the top bulls that are still A1, A1, but I think 60% are A2, A2. So it's growing. And a lot of that has to do with consumer pressure and farmer pressure that they're just not going to use bulls that are not A2, A2 anymore. So it's, it's growing. You know, there's a lot of other breeds that are, you know, Jersey, Guernsey. I think all Guernsey bulls in AI are A2A2. You can't find any other, you know, A1 genetics. So some of the breeds that are a little bit smaller are easy to push to A2A2. But mm -hmm. uh, like I said, it's, it's increasing even in the Holstein breed. So it sounds like regardless of what breed you have, even if you do have Holsteins, Sounds like it's it's likely that you have some A2 genetics on your farm, kind of no matter what. Right. And, you know, we we tested our cows and we can talk about testing, too. And 
we tested our cows and we've never really selected for A2 genetics here over time. And we have, you know, 60% of the cows in our herd are A2, A2. So, and I haven't really put much emphasis on it until about lately. <laughs> and I know I, I have a table here that I'm looking at that you shared with me kind of looking at uh, the the breakdown of your genetics at the dairy there in Morse. And I know the stat is a couple years old, so it's maybe a little bit different. But are you purposely breeding now for A2A2? Or you were just testing everybody to see what they were? A few years ago, we tested everybody to see whether they were A1 or A2. And we still continue to test even all, all of our calves and uh, everything now to see what their A2 status is. I do use bulls probably that are more A2A2, but it, it's not the only criteria. You know, mm -hmm. if there's a good bull that has top genetics and they're A1, A2, I will still use them. So I'm sure. I'm not 100% A2, but uh, it will change over time. You know, I think back to the last fall's calf crop and I didn't have any animals that were A1, A1. Everything was either A2A2 or A1A2. So it's it's starting to weed out the A1 genetics in our herd. Again, I'm, I'm looking at this table and the thing that's jumping out with me, and you kind of said how A2A2 has really risen to prominence, what would you say in the past decade or so? Yes. A couple of decades. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've discussed before that there in Morris, you do have um, a herd of Holsteins that are, 1964 genetic. And I'm just curious. And, and of course, again, I have this table in front of me so I can see how many of those cows you have and how many are A2A2. And it's, you know, a smaller percentage than some of your other groups, like your other Holsteins and, and your crossbreds and that. Have you noticed much with, with that doing the 1964 herd? And I mean, can you find any sires for that herd that are a2, A2? There are some, but with our, with the old Holstein genetics, there's about 25% of them are still A1, A1. So yeah. it's kind of an interesting across time, how A2 has increased in the breed. You know, these animals are, I don't even know, 60 years old. Their genetics are 60 years old or more. Right. The animals and, themselves are not 60. Uh, the genetics. animals are not 60 years old, but their <laughs> genetics are. Right. And that would be amazing. It would be. I would keep those around any day. Yeah. A lot of genetics back then were A1, A1. And as we've increased for milk production and uh, increased actually for fat and protein, we've mm -hmm. sort of taken out that A1 genetics uh, in the herd. And there's just a higher, you know, so those animals from long ago have a higher percentage than Holsteins today. And most of that is through genetic selection, how we've selected for A2 in the breed. So um, it's it's coming along. And I think at some point, the whole herd will be A2A2 if I actually selected for it uh, and, and got rid of the A1 genetics. And now I know that, you know, A2 is, is specifically tied to this specific protein that's in the milk, the beta casein. But I'm curious, have you seen or, or do you know of any research that shows, are there any sort of productivity differences between cows that are A2A2 and A1A2 and just A1? Or 
that is all based on other management decisions? Or does do any of these A2 genetics have any impact on production or yeah, productive life? Ooh, funny that you should ask. <laughs> oh. Actually, I did a study. We did a study with uh, Penn State University actually looking at uh oh, I don't even know. We collected uh data on 3,000 Holstein cows. So we just did with Holsteins. We didn't, we didn't do it with other breeds, but we found that the A1, A1 animals have less protein production, they have lower productive life and less lifetime profitability than if they're A2, A2. So there is maybe something there as far as productivity. If you select for A2, A2, you know, we didn't find any difference in health of those animals. But interesting, we found that the animals that were A1, A1 did not stay around in the herd very long. And most of that we feel is due to uh, animals being called when the farmer figured out that they were A1A1 genetics. So we think sure, there's a little bias sense. in there, a little farmer bias in there that farmers are calling cows when they figure out what farmers the don't are. have biases. What are you talking about? I know. I, I even have my bias sometimes too. Oh, so. you don't say. <laughs> so there is some data that could suggest that there may be some better productivity there sounds like especially excuse me in terms of protein Mm -hmm. um but yeah i wonder too that yeah what it you know how many of these cows are called just because they're only a1 genetics it might have been easier to call these cows like oh well she's you know high somatic cell oh she's a1 a1 too yep time to go you know it's right when you're looking for that one more reason to call them and you're like ah she's a1 on the truck (laughs) i get that all right oh uh, there, there, there's something there, but that was just whether they were A1A1. You know, if they were A1A2, we didn't find any difference between animals, whether you know A1A2 or A2A2, there was no big difference. So the there had to be totally A1A1 to see that lower productivity. So okay, you know, maybe there is something there. I need a lot more animals uh, to do that with to to actually see if there's yes. if it's true across you know, all all sort of animals. So yeah, it's interesting. I feel like we're kind of wrapping up this conversation here, but I'm just curious, what would you like to see next or or do next as far as A2 milk is concerned? You know, is it more more research on the differences between A1 and A2 cows and their productivity? Is it more on, you know, the health and, and the human nutrition side with A2 milk? What do you feel like is the next step? Well, I think it's interesting to look more into the certain aspects of the milk. Fat and protein are obviously important, but maybe mm-hmm. fatty acids. Is there differences in fatty acids and cheese making ability of A1, A2? And then that gets into obviously human human consumption. It'd be interesting to do a, a test with milk that's A1A1 or A2A2 with humans to see if there's any in improvement in, in health, gut health, maybe the, you know, the microbiome of, of the human gut might be interesting to, to look at. Obviously, those are way out of my realm of studies. I am not, <laughs> yeah. I am not a human uh, a researcher, uh, right. but those would be interesting, at least carrying on to human aspects to see if there is something there on A1A2. And we want 
it to improve the image of the dairy industry. So anything that we can find that gets people to drink more milk or consume more dairy products if they can, that's uh, that's a positive. So I think there's a lot of stuff out there uh, that that we'll see and um, coming in the future related to uh, A1 or A2. I think that's about a wrap there. Bradley, do you have any closing thoughts on A2 milk before we wrap things up? If you're a farmer and you want to know more about A2 genetics in your herd, you have to test your animals. So that's the only way you'll be able to tell is to test your animals. You can't assume that just because you're using an A2 bull that you have A2 cows. So testing is number one. And that's what I tell all of the farmers that I work with is you, you have to test your animals to know for sure. It's inexpensive. It, it's, it's pretty cheap. That's what we should yeah. do. You heard it straight from Bradley J. Hines, everyone. If you have any questions, comments, scathing rebuttals, or regaling tales of your own journey with A2 Milk, you can always send those to the Moose Room at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. Nice work, Bradley. <laughs> Also, don't forget, we do have a voicemail now. So you can call in with any questions or comments you have about the show. That number is 612-624-3610. You can also find us on Twitter at UMN Newsroom and at UMN Farm Safety. And you can find Bradley on Instagram at UMNWCROC Dairy. Right? Or did I put the letters in Correct. the wrong order? Okay, I got Correct. it. <laughs> Wonderful. And as always, um, you can find more information on our website, extension.umn.edu. You can find an article about A2 Milk that Brad wrote on there. Uh, we can also probably talk Joe into getting the link to that in the show notes for this episode. So thank you again all for joining us. Uh, I believe next time we, we will have Dr. Joe back. So I'm sure you've all been pining after him, as have we. So we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was the most chipper bye you've had in a long time. I'm so I'm proud of you. Feeling good today. Say a herd bull. Say a say a say a herd bull. Say a herd bull. Say a say a say a herd bull. Say a, say a, say a herd bull.